Blog Talk Radio. Hello everybody, my name is Boss Rutten. Hi, this is Diego Lima. This is Rodrigo Comprido and you listen. And you guys are listening. So you are listening to the Verbal Submission. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Verbal Submission. It is Sunday, February 8th, 2015, and our show is presented to you by Countermove, uh, your home for fantasy mixed martial arts. Now, we have a ton of stuff to talk about for this upcoming episode. I'm Brian Hemminger, your host of As Usual, and we'll be joined in about half an hour by uh, top MMA prospect Castle Williams, who suffered his first mixed martial arts professional defeat this past Thursday night at the Tachi Palace event, which was uh, streamed live on SureDog. Now, uh, we'll be joined momentarily by my co-hosts as well. So, uh, we really appreciate you guys tuning in after a little brief hiatus due to the Super Bowl and then that UFC Fight Night 59 taking place on Sunday. We just had all kinds of stuff going on on Sunday night. It was just too, too much, so we just took a couple-week break. So, we're very happy to have you all back with us. And without further ado, let's bring in my first co-host for the evening, Richard Perry. Richard, what's up, man? How's it going? Um, we just didn't want to compete with the Super Bowl. Uh, it wouldn't have been fair. Uh, they wouldn't, wouldn't have had. Wouldn't any have been fair to the Super Bowl. <laughs> wouldn't have been fair to the Super Bowl. <laughs> uh, and then. Uh... And I think I might have made a mistake with the episode, so hang on one second. Uh, Jerry's telling me that, yeah, it, it says that there's only like 15 minutes left live, so I need to I need to see if I can get the editor going here. So give me one second. Uh, I guess while I'm doing that, uh, Richard, we had a little bit of interesting news going on this past week. I'm sure uh, you don't know anything about it, but um, Anderson Silva uh, managed to test positive for steroids. And uh, I believe you had a, a rant prepared. So uh, have uh, at it. Well, I, I just don't know why anybody is really surprised. I'm more shocked at the steroid that he failed for. Um, it's not the fact that he got um, that he did steroids. That that doesn't really surprise me, not at this level of MMA. It just shocked me that he was the best in the world. He should have some better shit than the same stuff that um, that, that bodybuilders at Workout World are using. Um, if you really want to get an idea of, of, of the type of environment um, going on in, um, in uh, Brazil um, in regard to strength and conditioning, just take a look at Anderson Silva's strength and conditioning coach. Um, he's 57 years old, and he is absolutely jacked out of his mind. Um, if that guy's not on steroids, he's not even a human being. Uh, he's just he's got the full-on HGH void gut. Um, he has like a beer gut with abs chiseled into it. And he's just absolutely yoked out of his mind. Uh, as I, far as... Go ahead. I was just going to say, I did see that photo. So uh, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's it's pretty crazy. Like Looking at that photo, I'm not super surprised that three guys from Black House have now been busted for steroids in the last like year. Yeah, uh, four guys. Um, I think it's four now with Anderson... Um, okay, well, who was it? Ortega, um, it was Kevin Casey, Anderson, yep. and who else? Um, Ortega and the fourth one's now eluding me, now that you asked the question of me. Um, I, I honestly don't remember off the top of my head. All right, well, we'll just say three for now. <laughs> okay. Um, but, and as far as Nick Diaz popping for weed, who who gives a shit? 
Yeah. Um, I mean, there's, there's a there's a little bit of a of a difference. Um, it feels like Nick Diaz is, is you know being unfairly charged for for breaking a rule that really should be a wrist slap at the most. Um, you know, Nick Diaz broke a rule. Uh, Anderson Silva cheated, and, and that feels fundamentally different. Um, like I like I said, you know, you just look at the environment down there. It just Absolutely, absolutely ridiculous that anyone thought otherwise. And ridiculous mm-hmm. that I thought Anderson Silva was one of the good ones. Um, I well, was taken in by it. Well, I want to get uh, somebody else's opinion on this. Uh, our good friend Jerry Rodriguez has decided to grace us with his presence. And Jerry, thank you very much for bringing the the show length up to my attention. I think I like I was in a hurry to create the episode. I forgot to actually um, make the episode 90 minutes or longer. And uh, when I made it, it was just the the default is like 15. So that would have really sucked if we're supposed to call Castle at 7 and the show's already over by then. <laughs> and will you quit breathing into your mic, Jerry? Damn it. <laughs> it's not me. Okay. Uh, I'm on mute, man. I was on All mute. Why right. well, I, I unmuted you while I was uh, talking? Well, I have my oh. own mute button here. But uh, listen, oh, the Patriots okay. are better right. than every other NFL team out there, and that's all that matters. Um, but <laughs> Anderson Silva, I mean, who cares? I, th- I think he deserves. I mean, the guy's done so much in the sport. Yeah, he deserves a, deserves a pass. I don't see why we would uh, hold this against him. He's done enough. Well, it it does bring up the fact, or at least the question of, has he been doing this for longer than just one fight? I mean, we did hear that he did not get tested his last two fights against Weidman. Well, listen, if he was popped for steroids, that was a pretty shitty fight. I mean, yeah. it wasn't the best Anderson Silva. So, if this is Anderson Silva on steroids, then, you know, whatever he was using before, let him use that shit, because that made him just spectacular <laughs> and Muhammad Ali-type uh, performances. I mean, let's 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 dig in a little deeper. All right, was it to, to, to get stronger and, and, and hopefully, you know, was he trying to regain his prime? You know, does he feel that he's lost a step, lost some power, and he's trying to get that competitive advantage, or recover and, and, and heal faster? Who knows? But ultimately, that was not a performance where we would go, "Holy shit! Yeah, no wonder he destroyed Nick Diaz. He was on steroids." Mm-hmm. No, that was a pretty lame fight. Um, never really had Nick Diaz seriously hurt. Um. So again, if if this is him on on whatever he tested positive for, and he was using something else before, I'm all for him using that shit before. I mean, I, I I don't think this is as severe as as John Jones doing cocaine, or you know a guy you know being a domestic issue or driving drunk or you know committing a murder. But it's whatever. There's a lot of guys. The reality is there's a lot of guys that are doing this, probably in the majority. They have a cycle. They don't get caught. And um, I'm all for it. If these guys want to do long-term, you know, want to have uh, long-term uh, effects and, and, and damage their bodies so they can kind of get a bigger piece of the pie now, I'm all for it. I, I, I'm not mad at Anderson Silva at all. Uh, well, the big thing here, obviously, is is that if – this is like one of the first times that Anderson's been tested out of competition. Like when he was tested, I think January 9th for a January 31st fight. And every other time he's ever been tested, it was just, you know, the, the post fight piss test type of thing where you can cycle off easy. And it just brings up so many questions of, has he been doing this his entire career? And maybe, Maybe he wasn't. I don't know. Like, he never got caught before. But, man, it, it does. It brings up a lot of questions. A lot of people brought up those uh, the Anderson Silva Cribs uh, episode 
that he did in Brazil with uh, Paula Sack, and like he was showing this uh, host around his house, and people f- caught some stills from the video of some testosterone boosters in his kitchen, of needles, uh, injection needles uh, in his uh, medicine cabinet or bathroom or something like just all kinds of stuff that's just that the UFC actually like removed from the videos. Uh, when people were bringing up the the question, and this was like in 2011, so this could have been happening forever. I don't know, man. There's just. Let me ask you something. I yeah. mean, it, look, do you do you believe Tito Ortiz has never used a steroid? I don't know because I don't think he ever got caught. Well, that's what I'm saying. Getting caught and you know and and doing it, it it's to me it's it's all in the same. It's like. Look, there's a. I'm not saying that he has, but there's a very good possibility that Tito Ortiz has done something. I mean, so, uh, your head doesn't change the way his head has changed and morphed without putting something <laughs> in the body, right? I mean, we can agree on, on that. Um, he does have a big head. I will agree on the, on the size it, of Tito's head. And it's grown since he first debuted in the UFC. Look... There's guys out there that haven't been caught, but they're still doing it. I don't think it should change our opinion on how they perform. Because clearly, by that fight, we saw that this whatever he was doing did not help Anderson Silva during that fight. Well, I think, a big part, I think a big part of his performance, regardless of steroids or anything, was the fact that he was coming off of two stoppage losses in a row. He's 39 years old, and one, he's been knocked out. And the other part was, this is his first fight after that brutal leg break. Like, there was a lot of tentativeness with Anderson. He was very hesitant to engage in that fight uh, with Nick Diaz. I think there was was a lot of the mental side of things, too, and the physical, just because he's getting older. Not only that, um, I think if you look at, uh, at his clinch, I mean, I was blown away at how easy Nick Diaz got out of uh, Anderson Silva's clinch. Um, his entrances to his clinch were really, he would just kind of reach out and, and, and try to grab Diaz, and Diaz would just throw shots over uh, Anderson's arm to break away from the clinch. Uh, we're used to seeing Anderson absolutely destroy guys uh, once he gets a collar uh, tie on, and we didn't see that at all. Uh, Anderson looks like a completely, uh, almost like a novice fighter in the clinch compared to what we're used to seeing. Yeah, I I don't know, man. Like, the thing is that, Jerry, you brought up that Jermora worried about John Jones' cocaine uh, result. And, yeah, like, I think, you know, doing coke obviously is terrible for you. It's a terrible example but it's fun, but it's not good for you. And it's yeah, illegal. but the the big thing here is doing coke a month before a fight won't make you a better fighter. Doing steroids a month before a fight will. It'll make you stronger. It'll help you heal from injuries faster, so you can train harder. Like there's way more. Like there's a reason that steroids are banned out of competition, and cocaine is not. Why? Why is it a big deal to want to heal faster? Like, why is that wrong? That makes absolutely no sense to me. Why we would penalize a guy and sort of put this, uh, you know, black mark or an asterisk next to your name because you want to heal faster? I mean, we have just healing. If it was just healing, it'd be fine. But it makes you stronger too. So what? Doesn't mean doesn't guarantee a win. Look at look at how I know Jack and roided up. Uh, what's his name was when he fought Anderson? Um, Stephen Bonner. Mm-hmm. I mean, Mark Coleman probably used a lot during his career. He was not oh, the I'm greatest. Sure. He was not the he greatest. Was good, he, he was good. He was a pioneer, but he was, he was not a the greatest champion. He he won the Pride Grand Prix at like yeah. thirty some years old, late thirties. Yeah. Pride's a joke, and. <laughs> he was not. He was never. He was never in the conversation. He was, like I said, he was good. He was a pioneer, but he was never in that conversation of that debate. Is he the greatest of all time? He's never been in that in that conversation. 
When he first yep. burst onto the scene, he was. Yes, he was. He winning the heavyweight championship, just crushing bitches. I, I don't think he was. I don't think at that point people were talking about who the greatest in, in MMA was. The sport was so young, that conversation wasn't being had. I remember when Mark Coleman made his debut. I watched that shit live. You know, um, I just don't think he, he he's in that conversation. And I don't think that the steroids that he used made him, it took him to another level. You know, because like I said, there's a lot of guys out there that haven't been caught that are doing it. And why not make it an, level the playing field, let them all do it. If a guy wants to heal faster, let him use it. Whatever he wants. As long, you know, they're not illegal. They're just banned from being used in the sport because they feel it's going to give you a competitive advantage. But doesn't training um, full time? But doesn't training full time versus a guy that works part time and it can only train half the time have a disadvantage as well? I mean, it's just stupid. You have NBA players that go to Europe and have their blood spun around and then shot back into their knee so they they can heal faster. That's um, not Kat Zingano did that. So there are UFC fighters doing it too. Yeah. So so it, yeah. are we gonna say that she's doing something illegal? Are we gonna are we gonna knock her down uh, a level or a peg because she's doing that? No, absolutely not. I mean, whether Anderson but, Silva was was doing it to heal faster or to to gain a competitive advantage or, or maybe regain a step, who cares? Uh, it didn't do anything for him. I mean, look at the fight. That was a classic. Anderson Silva fight. I mean, there aren't too many Anderson Silva fights that are exciting when he doesn't get a get a finish. Um, most of Anderson Silva's uh, UFC fights that went to decision were fucking terrible fights. Um, the Maya fight was awful. The Talos Latest fight was awful. Um, it's the nature of his style. If someone doesn't um, walk into Anderson's wheelhouse, which is why Anderson taunts, uh, it, it always turns into a, a boring fight. Um, unfortunately, that's how Anderson fights. Um, when you've got a guy like um, Rich Franklin who's willing to come forward or, um, you Forrest, know, any... Forrest Griffin. Go ahead. <laughs> Forrest, Forrest Griffin. Griffin, exactly. Stephen Bonner, you know, where they're willing to exchange with him. Um, it's a really exciting fight because Anderson knocks him the fuck out. Or like Chris Weidman. Uh, Chris Weidman, oh, shit, I'm thinking about Nick Diaz. Um, Chris Weidman comes forward um, and knocks him out. Very exciting, awesome, fun to watch. But when he gets into into fights that are you know gonna go to a decision, it's gonna suck. He doesn't really throw a whole lot of volume, and um, their styles were just not really good for making an exciting fight against one another. Look, whenever whenever we saw Anderson Silva. Fight, whether the, it was a, a a dull decision win, you always had a sense that okay, this is it. He's going to put the guy away. He's going to flip the switch because he had that ability. I feel like uh, this is you know obviously this is the this is the downside of his career now, and I never once felt he's going to flip the switch and he's going to put Nick Diaz away. I never anticipated him sort of turning it on. It was it was a very disappointing fight. And it's just, he's older. But even in those boring wins, I, I felt, you know, I, I, at one point that, hey, this guy, this is it. He's going to put him away. And then he would back off. Um, I, I just, I mean, I feel like, like you guys were like, if somebody died, you know? Like, it's like you're sad because you use steroids. I mean, should we right. really be surprised? I'm going to go get Castle on the line because he just texted me and said uh, that he's ready to go a little bit early. But one, while I'm doing that, I want you guys to debate, I guess, does Anderson fight again? Especially now that we know he's probably going to get uh, suspended since the fight got turned into a no contest. So that's, that's I, the question here. Does he fight again? I really hope not. Um, I'll be honest with you. The Anderson Silva who, uh, who fought Nick Diaz would get finished by most of uh, the top ten at middleweight. Um, and and as someone that hates C.B. Dalloway with a fierce passion, I think C.B. Dalloway right now would be Anderson Silva. And that, that makes me physically ill to say. 
and that is a fight that could actually happen. And I don't, I really don't want it to happen. I, I don't want to see him uh, end his career on a downslide like we see out of a lot of uh, fighters. So I really hope he never puts the gloves on again. I absolutely hope he fights again. We deserve an Anderson Silva farewell fight. I think you would be absolutely nuts to not want to have that anticipation and the hype and the buildup in what's going to be Anderson Silva's last fight. I mean, we need that. And Muhammad Ali had that a a few times. Uh, Mike Tyson had that a few times. The greats deserve that send-off. You know, we, we deserve that. He deserves that. Um, so I, I hope he does, and, and I think just for the hell of it, just because it would be fun, um, I would love his last fight to be against Chael. Um, you know, obviously that would require Chael coming back, but why not? He he doesn't need to fight for the title again. I mean, the, the guy. No, no I can... I agree with you there. I mean, there are uh, there are some good fights at, at middleweight for him, um, and you could absolutely do a farewell tour for him. It just you brought up you brought up Muhammad Ali. Yeah, Muhammad Ali had a couple of farewell fights. Um, Muhammad Ali also has severe Parkinson's. And no offense, you know, Anderson Silva's been hitting the head a bunch more times in his in his past couple of fights than ever before. I'd rather see him leave the sport and ten, fifteen years down the line, you know, twenty years down the line, people are gonna be able to talk to him again without him shaking all over yeah, the place. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think you can even come close because Muhammad Ali's strategy was to take a beating and let that other guy get worn out and then turn it on. He let guys hit him in the head, whereas Anderson Silva did not. Uh so I don't I don't even think that's close uh, you know, to 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 a similar situation. All right, I'm gonna I, I step in here. Go ahead guys. Uh, we do have Castle on the line. And, and just a, a brief counter to Jerry there, Muhammad only switched to that strategy at the end of his career when he didn't have the speed or footwork to get out of the way. Is like but he, he so just throwing that but out he there. Took he, 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 it, the he took like a lot of it. He took a lot of it for the Foreman. head from Larry Holmes. I mean, these guys put yeah. Put, I'm saying put from George Foreman on fight him. on, that's when that happened. Yeah, it wasn't his whole career. He watched the Sonny Liston fight. He barely got touched. Yeah, it, but, but that's. You know I'm but right, Jerry. Well, my point is, he let guys hit him in the head. Yeah, no, was, you're not, because he's making a comparison where his career. Anderson Silva's going to end up being a vegetable. He's not going to be a vegetable. Anderson Silva's barely been tagged. He took, what, three, four hits from, from Weidman, and that was it. Um, he didn't take much damage from Nick Diaz. I don't think he's going to be shaking and stumbling and, and slurring his no, words. Yeah, so that's my point. Okay, throwing that out there, though. I just I, I I watched a lot of Muhammad Ali back in the day, so okay. Well, well listen, I did too. Anyway, Cle- we got, we've had well, uh, Castle Brown. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Throwing that out there, Jerry. Okay, we are very excited okay. to bring in our guest for today's show. Uh, sorry, he was on mute here, but uh, Castle Williams. Uh, he fought this past Thursday night. Uh, Castle, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. I was being entertained by you guys. This- Arguments back and forth. I could have sat there and listened to that all day long. <laughs> hey, that's why we got that's why we got Jerry on the show. And, uh, <laughs> hey, let's anyway, get Castle's thoughts on Anderson. What do you think? Do you think this uh, puts an asterisk next to his name? I think it absolutely does. I think it definitely no does. This is oh yeah, hundred um, percent. Steroids are a very very big deal. When you sign a contract that says you are not going to take performance-enhancing drugs, you're signing a contract to say that you're not taking performance-enhancing drugs. This is not football. This is not tennis. Um, if I'm fighting a guy that has a an advantage over me because of something he's put into his body, whether it's healing his muscles or recovering his muscles or not, that is unfair. If I if I follow the rules and he cheats, it is it is unfair. Does that make sense? It's 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 my brain that's on the line. Okay, if I step in there and I fight somebody who's on PEDs, we've seen it makes a difference and resurrects people's careers, a la Vitor Belfort, where all of a sudden he's annihilating Dan Henderson and annihilating Vitor Belf or uh, uh, Luke Rockhold. If you look at the Belfort that fought Luke Rockhold, that dude is one of the scariest MFers that's ever walked this earth. Okay, he's built like a tank. 
And if you look at the Vitor that fought Anderson, those are two very, very different people. And it is because of the performance-enhancing drugs that he has taken. And that is my view on it. Let me ask you, if if they opened up TRT, performance-enhancing drugs, legal drugs, okay, That gave you, that made you stronger, that made you faster, made your body heal faster. They opened the eleven, the the, the playing field out. Uh, do you think a lot more fighters would step up and just sort of admit that they've been doing it, or or do you think a lot more fighters would would start some type of routine? I think they would. Uh, I think they would probably start using it if, it if that was part of the deal. If it was, and I, I think a lot of fighters are using it because. You know, I've talked to a lot of fighters that say that, you know, a drug test isn't a drug test, it's an IQ test to see that if you can if you can pass the test or not. I I'm a clean fighter, so I have no idea how you would even approach uh fake passing a test or or whatever. But I think you know, I think that's the way it has to be. If if it's either no tolerance at all or you open up the 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 PEDs and make it legal for everybody to take in the sport. It's got to be one way or the other. We can't we can't ride the middle. We can't just toe the line. If that makes sense. I, I just don't see why not do it because, like you said, there's a lot of fighters that are doing it and just haven't been caught. And I mean, we could speculate and probably be right uh, on some of our guesses on guys that have <laughs> used it for most of their career, but haven't been caught. So my point is, why not do it? You know, why if that was Anderson's my argument is if that's Anderson Silva on steroids, uh, it didn't make him that spectacular against Nick Diaz. That's just my my piece on Yeah, it. well, then you got to think, what would he look like if he didn't take it? Would he even be able to come back if he hadn't taken it? Um, I, I like Chael Sonnen's perspective on it. If a doctor prescribes it for you, for you and you have to take it, you know, to heal his leg or heal his injury, that's totally and completely fine. I, I'm not against that at all. But he can't compete in this sport till he's completely clean. You you can't do that. You sign the contract that says, you know, and your opponent signs the contract, and he expects you to be clean, and he's going to be clean. I um, mean, it just it makes it not fair. Especially like I said, it's not tennis. It's not like we lose a, it's not like we lose a tennis match. We end up getting knocked unconscious, or you know, or freaking brain battered in, and it, it's not good. Yeah, that that's my biggest argument against it is. With steroids in baseball, yeah, you're going to hit more home runs. But with steroids in sports, you're doing more. It's a it's a a hurt sport. You know, you're doing yeah, more damage absolutely. to other people. So that's why why I am super against it. And my solution is just more random testing. If it gets a lot harder to get away with it, then I think it'll be a lot harder for people to want to do it. So Which I mean, it's going to be more expensive, good. but. Yeah, that's the argument. They're saying it's costing forty thousand dollars, you know, to test these guys, and you know, it just simply can't be done. And you know, I really don't know what the solution is, but we got to figure out something because, I mean, this is what four or five pay-per-view fights in a row where somebody's gotten popped for steroids. Yep, that's ridiculous, man. That's ridiculous. It is. It's it's absolutely ridiculous. All right, now let, let's get back on. Uh track with you castle obviously you fought this past thursday night you had a really close competitive fight and you ended up losing in my opinion a pretty controversial decision at uh, the tachi palace event so let's just get it started with what who did you think won that fight i'm guessing you're going to be biased here but uh i Uh, I know that richard here thought that you won but uh what what did you think happened you know um he he definitely he he got the win, so it doesn't really matter what, you know, how I, I, I uh, who I think won. Uh, I thought it was a really close fight. You know, I, I haven't even watched it myself because I'm so heartbroken over the whole deal. But what I'm heartbroken over is not, it's not that, uh, not that I lost. It's that I didn't perform up to um, what I was capable of. If if you look at my physique when I stepped into the cage Thursday, you know, I was in the best shape of my life. And for some reason, you know, it just it just didn't come together on the night. And uh, I felt like, you know, I'm, I'm my own worst critic when it comes to fights. I've I've had fights where I've won and and I didn't I was not happy whatsoever. And uh, this was definitely one of those fights. I it, I think I this is going to sound really really crazy and weird, but I'm happy that I I don't want to say I'm happy that I lost, but I think it's better 
for me that I, that I lost because I think I went into the fight a little bit overconfident, and I think that if I had won that controversial split decision, it's still or decision, it still would have hurt, but it, I would have gotten over it quicker. I can feel this one is going to burn for a long time. This one, uh, you know, I haven't gotten very much sleep since Thursday even because it just, you know, it's it's really ingrained in my brain that I I never ever ever want to be in a fight like that again where where I just I just didn't perform. I don't I don't know. I didn't I didn't flip that switch. There was glimpses of me in there. I know I landed a really slick spinning elbow in the third round. There was there was glimpses of me in there, but it, it wasn't me. But um. You know, at the end of the day, it's. I don't know what the saying is. It's, it's, I basically just have to move on and learn from it, and just become a pick up the pieces and become a better fighter. I'm really happy that it happened at the beginning of my career. Now, where I don't want it, it matters a lot to me, but in the big scheme of things, it's not the biggest deal in the world. I can pick up the pieces and and I can you know I'll be fighting May seventh, and I, I can you know come back and have a a, a really good performance and you know, really put it behind me. Yeah, I think the the quote you're searching for is, uh, you either win or you learn. Exactly. Yeah. Now, uh, there are a couple things I noticed during the fight I wanted to, to ask you about. I think the one that really stood out to me was there must have been about three, maybe even four times where you just were taking a step backwards when your opponent threw a strike and you just fell down, you slipped. Was, was the canvas, like, really slick? Because uh, it looked oh, like they had a different tarp than anything else. Yeah, I you know I don't want to make excuses. And here comes the. Oh, yeah, bus. I'm not trying to make, I excuses. make excuses. I just want to know what what that was but, like there. Yeah. But the canvas was super slick. I you can see when I'm trying to pass his guard, he's sliding away from me. Like he's literally. I felt like we were on ice. And you know I threw a lot of power strikes. I threw a lot of spinning techniques. I threw a couple wheel kicks in there. And I really, really, my punches come from the floor up. You know, I try to put people on their butt. I'm not, I'm not in, I don't like decisions. I like putting people away. And I just, I couldn't find my footing in there. There was a couple times I'm like, what the hell was that? <laughs> I feel like I slipped on a banana peel. And, you know, the guy that I fought, Brandon, you know, he's a really great guy. You know, he, I, if, if the roles were reversed, I had taken advantage of it and jumped all over him. You know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, the canvas was super slick. Um, I talked to the matchmaker afterwards, you know, and he said that they're they're gonna they're gonna switch the the, the canvas next time. They said that everyone's kind of switching to that canvas because they switched to a a grippy canvas, like in the UFC, and they've been having a lot of blown out knees and a lot of torn uh, or not torn uh, broken toes from catching on the mat. So they opted to switch to this other canvas, which I'd rather like break my toe than slip and fall five times during a fight, but mm-hmm. that's just my own personal opinion. Yeah, absolutely. Now, and, and again, also watching the fight, it looked like you were the better overall ground fighter. You were winning a lot of the scrambles. You were putting him in... Uh, uh, you, there were a lot of good transitions in the fight, but for some reason or another, uh, he was able to uh, you know, get you in that one triangle choke. That seemed pretty scary, I think, in the second round. And then, uh, obviously, yeah. he was able to, to get top position and stay there in the third round. So I was just wondering, you know, what was your what were your thoughts on uh, the, the whole grappling exchanges in that fight? Uh, the third round, we were so slick. Uh, uh, the third round, it's like a I, – I, I'm not sure how long I took control for, but I took control in the beginning of the third round. I, I mm-hmm. came alive, and I was like, okay, here I am, boom landing my combinations. I knew he wasn't liking my hands. I knew he wasn't liking my power. I think I hip-tossed him in the third round as well. Yep. Um, but, but he ended up on top of me somehow. I'm not sure. Exactly. It might have been a slip. I'm not, I'm not really – I can't really remember. I tried to work back to my feet, and I couldn't explode to my feet because I felt like I was slipping. So then he went for a really, really, really slick guillotine. He went for right off the bat. So I had a bail out of that and then ended up in a dark choke right at the end of the round. But, you know, I was trying to get back up, and I was trying, <laughs> you know, and it was the, you know, we had already battled for 12 minutes, and I just, I couldn't get up fast enough. I, I, I couldn't get him off me. We were just, I was felt like I was sliding around all over the place, and he did a good job of holding me down, and, you know, he's a really tough guy. You know, a lot of guys, 
I hit him with some good shots. And a lot of guys, you know, that I've hit like that before have gone down, and he, he did not stop coming forward, and he did not stop fighting. So, you know, he was a better man that night, and it, that's that's really what it comes down to. It was close, and he hung in there, and, you know, he deserved to win. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, we got some questions here in the chat. I believe most of them are from my uh, good buddy here, uh, Richard, my co-host. He wants to know, um, where will you be fighting in May? Uh, at the Tachi Palace again. The Tachi Palace okay. is my home for right now, and, you know, they're treating me really, really well. Um, and they're helping me progress in my career the way that I want to progress. And, you know, I was really down on myself Thursday. You know, I was really, really upset, and everybody was just, you know, so kind to me. And, you know, they you know told me, boom, there's no problem. You'll be on that May 7th card. I'm actually hoping to get a rematch with the same guy, um, which kind of sucks. You know, it's it's his prerogative. He beat me, you know, so he can either take it or not. I would love it if he would take the fight. Um, I think that'd be fun, and I think it would be a different result. But like I said, it's it's his prerogative. It would make me really, really happy. But if he doesn't want to take it, I, I understand. And Yeah. All right. And, uh, and then Richard also wanted to know, I guess now that we talked about your thoughts on the whole grappling of the fight, is there anything specifically you're looking to focus on in training in the, the grappling or wrestling aspects of your game uh, heading into um, the next I think it was more, I, I kind of got caught up in the fight. I need to, mm-hmm. you know, John gave me a very specific game plan, and that's what hurt me the most is I felt like I let down my coach because, you know, he trained me so hard. I was, like I said, you could look at me and you were like, man, I, I felt like, man, I'm in, I'm in such good shape for this fight. And I, I I would catch him, and he would clinch with me, and I would get sucked into the grappling, which I feel like I was still getting the better of, but that was not the game plan. The game plan, you know, he, he yelled at me several times to work back to my feet, and uh, I, I feel like I could have pushed it a little bit harder out there, Brian. I really do. That's what that's what hurts. You know, if somebody beats me, it's not the end of the world. You know, it, it really sucks, and, you know, losing is never fun. But when you feel like you beat yourself, when I feel like I didn't leave it all out there, that that's what hurts me the most. But sorry, I got off subject. I branched a little bit. Uh, my my goal is to stick to the game plan, especially if we fight this guy again. Um, you know, I need to when we get to those clinch positions. It's not always about the takedown. I could have easily pushed away, and it could have been a much easier fight for me. There was a couple of those those scenarios where I, I could have just pushed away and you know, and followed the game plan like I was supposed to. And it was just a young fighter's mistake, you know. And the the good things I can pull from this fight is I got 15 minutes of fight time in that cage. You know, all my other fights have been out of there in the first or the or the first couple minutes of the second round. I had never gone 15 minutes before. So, you know, I, I uh, you know, I'm always improving on my grappling. My striking is my bread and butter. But uh, yeah, just I want to I want to follow the game plan more. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then speaking of the game plan, you mentioned you wanting to, to stand and trade with this guy a lot. I think what really surprised me was that you know, you were getting hit pretty good on the on the feet by this guy. You, you got your nose bloodied up a little bit heading into the in between the first and second rounds. I was wondering, did he surprise you a little bit with his striking? Definitely, definitely. I I learned some very valuable lessons in this fight. You know, being a young fighter, um, especially a young pro fighter, you never, ever, ever take anyone for granted, ever. Um, Anybody, you know, anybody can catch anybody. With those little tiny gloves, you know, I really thought I was going to be able to control the distance. If you go back to the last podcast where I was on, you know, with Mm -hmm. you guys, I I really thought I was going to be able to control the difference. And believe it or not, when he hit me, I was like, holy crap. This guy just hit me. He actually touched me. Like, I just, I came in with this, like, I'm like, this is what's going to happen. Boom, 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 and boom. And then that, and that's the way it's going to unfold. And boy, did it not <laughs> unfold that way. And then I, I veered from the game plan, and it, it went downhill. Well, it definitely feels like uh, you, you took some uh, valuable lessons uh, heading into this uh, next one. So, you mentioned that you came into this fight in the, the best shape of your life. Is there anything you need to change in terms of the training and conditioning and all that stuff, or is it more just game plan and then continuing to develop your skills? 
because uh, obviously um, you said I, the, the shape was great. I think what we're gonna do, you know, we're gonna we're gonna kind of go old school, old school pit on this one. We're just gonna kind of focus on two or three re- things that I do really well, and I don't want to give away game plans or anything. Yeah. But you know, two or three things I really do well. I really, really, you know, uh, tried to train a lot of different techniques for this fight because I was trying to add all these weapons, you know, to my belt. And I think, you know, if you look at, you know, some of my teammates that are in the UFC, Glover Teixeira, he has the meanest overhand right-left-hook combination in the world. You cannot stop that, guys, overhand right-left-hook combination. You know, um, you you got to kind of focus on what you do well. I have to, you know, go back to what got me to where I am and focus on that. I think I spread myself out a little bit too thin. And, um, you know, just you gotta, sometimes you just got to go back to the basics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the basic things uh, are what gets the job done. Yeah, absolutely. Now, has uh, anything else changed with this? Like, have you kind of reevaluated, like, what you want to accomplish for 2015? Do you want to slow down a little bit, or do you want to ramp things up? I don't know. Like, uh, what, what, what's your mentality in that department? I definitely, you know, we've been fighting a lot lately, but I I have a fire lit on under me right now that I've never had before. Um, like I haven't lost a fight um, since my second second amateur kickboxing fight when I was 16 years old. So you know, and it hurts more than I remember. Um, I I will be back in the gym tomorrow. You know, I was gonna kind of work out today, even though. Uh, I couldn't do it because I didn't talk to John, and you know, I, John is John's the boss. He, he tells me what to do, and he is uh, the mastermind. And so I'll be back in the gym tomorrow, and you know, get, I, I'm so motivated. You know, I'm I'm excited to be on the May seventh card. You know, because I felt like after I lost, I was like, man, not only did I lose, even though I did get fight of the night, which which was a mm-hmm. little added bonus, made me a little bit happier. Getting a little extra check made me happy, but that helped the sting a little bit. But, you know, I I didn't know whether they were going to ask me to be back May 7th. I thought, man, we might have to go back down to the ground level and and work our way back up. But, you know, the, everybody's believed in me. They supported me. And uh, May 7th, i gotta, I got to go in there and, and prove my worth, and, and that is exactly what I'm going to do. I want to get – I know Tashi has uh, – we're playing on four fights this year, so I'd like to get four fights in. I'd like to get three wins in a row by the end of 2015. I'd like to oh. fight the guy that I just fought um, May 7th and then just keep the ball rolling. Well, that's a great mentality to have. And I guess uh, one of my last things before maybe I'll turn it over to my co-host after, but you mentioned that you know, your fans were giving you a lot of support, and I remember the the commentators saying that you actually had the biggest reaction of anybody on the entire car even though you're not from the direct area, uh, your opponent was a hometown fighter. And I was wondering, what kind of support did you get from uh, the fans? Oh, it was awesome. I I always walk out to Dropkick Murphy's, shipping up to Boston, mm-hmm. um, because, you know, I get, I'm part Irish, and it, it just, like, hearing those bagpipes when it hits the speakers just gets my blood boiling. And uh, it it was absolutely amazing. I The fan support, that's what... That's what got me through the night you know i had a bunch of the kids from my gym come out you know and so after i lost you know i i went up to my room i took a shower and i was like man i could just sit up here and you know and wallow and be sad or whatever but i gotta go down there and i gotta show these kids you know it's easy to take a win it is easy to take a win you know and it's all flowers and happiness and all good stuff but i have to go back down there and i gotta show i gotta show these kids how you take a loss you keep your head up high and you move on for the next one. I think of how my mentality after this loss is it's it's a one big test. This is a test of how much grit I have. And I think nobody has more grit than I do. So I have to come back and I have to, you know, really, really perform May 7th and, you know, just pick up right where I left off. Well, I definitely feel that you'll be able to do it, Castle. And it looks like my co-hosts don't have any other questions for you. So I guess... Uh, Last thing I got for you, I guess, is um, do you have any last words that uh, you want our listeners to hear? Anything out there that you got to get off your chest? Um, all, you know, all I want to say is thank you, Brian, for having me on the podcast. You know, when you hit me mm-hmm. up, I was like, you know, I you know, I never in a million years thought you were going to 
not that I didn't think you should, like you're a bad guy or something, but you know, <laughs> I just lost. You know, this is an awesome podcast to be a part of. And when you hit me up, you know, it really, really made my day. Got me fired up, and I'm like, man, okay. You know, you know, people believe in me, and you know, I can come back, and I can, I can be better than I ever have before, and that's that's what I plan on doing. You know, I want to, you know, thank all my sponsors that sponsored me for this fight. There's, there's too many to even, uh, to list. And thanks to everyone that came out to Lamore to support me. Like I said, I, I when, <laughs> when I walked out and there was this sea of Castle Williams shirts, it, it was almost, it was breathtaking and it was, uh, it was like shocking. I was just like, oh my gosh, there's so many people here, so many people that support me. You know, and, you know, I just want everyone to know that, you know, I am coming back and I'll be back with a vengeance and, uh, and I'm going to get that W May 7th. Yeah. You're, you're a special case because pretty much everybody else that we normally have on the second they lose, we're like, screw that guy. So no, I'm kidding. <laughs> but... <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's All right. Awesome. Well, uh, again, thank you so much for stopping by, Castle. It was a, a pleasure to get to talk to you, and I think it's always a, a unique perspective to talk to somebody if, after they, uh, you know, take a loss and see how they're responding to it. And I think you're responding to it really well. And I can't wait to see uh, what happens on May seventh, ma'am. So uh, best of luck and uh, stay healthy training, buddy. All right, thanks again, my man. All right, you have a, a terrific rest of your night, Castle. You too. All right, bye-bye. All right, that was Castle Williams stopping by the verbal submission, uh, talking about his uh, recent real tough loss at the Tachi Palace event, the first loss loss of his professional or amateur uh, mixed martial arts career combined. But uh, definitely responding to it real well. And Jerry, you know, as fired up as you were earlier, I think I think just hearing him, Settled you down a little bit, didn't it? No, nah, yeah, he, he's uh, he's uh, he's a, he's a good guy, man. I like him. He is like I could have I could have Castle Williams on the show every week if we really wanted to, and then it could just be, you know, Castle Williams for half an hour, and then we'll talk to some other random dudes for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it was it was really nice getting to hear his thoughts because you know we've had we've had fighters on the show right after they lost before but uh i think i think he responded to it about as well as uh anybody that i can remember so uh, it was really nice to to hear from him i think the last one i had on after a tough loss was a nam fan after he lost or not nam fan but uh tyson nam remember he was coming into world series of fighting with that huge wave of hype after he beat eduardo dantes and then he faced marlon moraes and got knocked out you know brutally with a head kick in the first round and, you know, he came on, and, and we had a real nice conversation. And uh, it was really cool with him that he was able to, to come out and, and talk to us, especially after a, a knockout loss like that. But, uh, yeah, so it was it was really nice to hear to to hear what uh, Castle Williams is up to in, uh, in his uh, fallout of his first defeat. And I think he's got the, the building blocks in place to, to recover really well. And as Castle mentioned, as Richard mentioned, as I mentioned, this fight was super close, and it really could have gone either way. And I think on a, a better surface, I think he would have won that fight nine out of ten times, maybe more. Yeah, so. um, you can't really have an MMA fight on a flipping slide like that. Yeah, um, it he couldn't, was, he couldn't it, sit down it, on any of his strikes. Um, and it wasn't just his fight. Um, there yeah. were uh, some other fights where people were slipping on the same exact spot in the cage, you know, mm-hmm. several times over. Um, vinyl is not a good surface. Uh, you need to have, a, a, like, an actual canvas um, just so, A, sweat doesn't just sit on top. It, it sinks in, it goes away. And, B, you actually have some sort of grip, even when it, if it's not uh, wet. Vinyl's still super slippery compared to canvas. Mm-hmm. Hey, I, I got a question for you guys. Does Tachi Palace stream? Is are they on pay per view? Is it yeah. free? How do you guys uh, How do you guys watch it? It was free on a uh, Sherdog on Thursday night. Like I didn't even know it was going on, and then I hopped onto Twitter and I see highlight posted. Hey, Castle Williams about to fight, and I was like, oh shit! And I just hopped on Sherdog <laughs> and watched him fight, and that was the only fight I watched from Tachi. <laughs> 
And I was kind of mad that when they said he lost, and I just didn't watch anymore. <laughs> yeah, I, I I did the same thing. I'm a I'm a big fan of uh, of Castle, and I watched the entire card right up to that fight, and I was like, ah, I'm done with. I'm done with MMA for tonight. I'll watch Corey tomorrow yeah, night. Did, and I think that's what you posted on Twitter, too. You were like, fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the commentators both had uh, Castle win in 29-28, too, by the way. So, But uh, it was close decision. All right. Is there any other stuff you guys want to talk about uh, before we call it a night? How disappointing is it that John Fitch... There we it's go. Boring, just in general. <laughs> oh, just boring. That's all you want to know. <laughs> I definitely think this uh, puts a bit of a a damper on his big lawsuit against the UFC that he's out there fighting in World Series of Fighting and taking steroids. Just you know, you gotta you gotta not be in the news for bad things like that when you're trying to get this big, serious lawsuit. I mean, it, it probably doesn't really affect the lawsuit that much, but at least in the court of public opinion, it might. Yeah, uh, screw those lawsuits. They're stupid. <laughs> yeah, we, we there must be, like, at least 15 fighters now in the lawsuit. Because they added on, yeah. uh, they added on right. like, three or four more over the the last week. I'm trying to remember yeah, think, who it was. It was Mac uh, Danzig and uh, Danzig. somebody else. Oh, yeah, Bruder, Danzig was, uh, Gabe Rudiger. And Gabe Rudiger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But Mac Danzig, that's a big one, man. He was in the UFC you for a long time. You noticed the trend? He yeah, trained uh, the trend? <laughs> what, guys that, ultimate fighter guys, guys that washed out? <laughs> yeah, guys that weren't really too successful. Yeah. But uh, Mac actually surprises me because he has a he had a really good relationship with uh, the UFC. Like he, uh, I think he he did some training and stuff with Lorenzo and behind the scenes type of stuff. And and he's getting in on this. So I don't know. I think I think Mac's a big deal there. That's a, that's an Ultimate Fighter winner. You know, he didn't have the best UFC record. His, his career definitely didn't end well. But that's a that's a, that's a decent name to to add on to that list. I mean, Gabe Rudiger, I don't know. I'm probably not, but but Mac is. Well, we'll see how it all plays out. Yeah, but yeah, I was I was very surprised that uh, John Fitch tested positive. I, did they say what it actually was? No, I don't. I don't know. I just know that he got popped. I didn't really. I, I don't I, I care think... too much about him to to read articles about him. I think it was a, a whacked out um, TE ratio, um, but that's—I don't even know what TE ratio is. So take that for for what it's. Well, worth. the TE ratio is every single person has a ratio of they have they have testosterone in their system and epitestosterone in their system, and uh, and the ratio is relatively the same. And maybe you'll have a little bit more testosterone than epitestosterone. And when you take artificial testosterone or steroids or something, your testosterone levels go way up. There'll be way you'll have way more testosterone in your system than epitestosterone. So just from the TE ratio being way off, that means that there's there's something wrong. And then something that other people will do is they'll take a bunch of testosterone and then they'll also take a bunch of epitestosterone, so their TE ratios back to even. But then they're juicing anyway, so that's one way people would get around it. So they also sometimes have to test the levels, how much you actually have in your system. And then they'll be like, why do you have eight times normal testosterone and eight times normal epitestosterone? You're juicing. So there's all kinds of different uh, ways that people try to get around uh, drug tests. But the TE ratio is one of the the tests, and it sounds like uh, he did not pass that one. Now the uh the one thing uh I really want to talk about is the uh the sleeper uh fight of the night um coming up and I'm going to give you some prime betting advice so be prepared to use this uh on right. the under on the fight pass undercard uh for fight night 60 is Cody uh Fister versus James Mutasari and um 
Cody has lost every fight he's ever fought against somebody with a moon-based last name. So you should just <laughs> you should just make sure. Who did he lose to that had a moon in their name? Yes, he all all uh, all of his losses, or both of his losses, have the word moon or um, or Luna in the last name. So uh, so <laughs> that should tell you how to pick that fight. Oh, that's ridiculous. Well, I, I want to talk about one thing. What do you guys think about Benson Henderson moving up to welterweight on short notice to take on uh, Brandon Thatch? I think it's a move, but I, I think he might lose this one. I mean, I think he's put, uh, it's a risky fight for him. Mm-hmm. Brandon Thatch is no joke. That guy's pretty good, man. And uh, it'll it'll be interesting for sure. But I, I think he's going to lose this one. This is going to be, what, his third loss in a row if he does? If he does, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that'll uh, that'll be a big one. It, yeah, it's definitely a ballsy move. It, definitely a ballsy move. Um, Brandon Thatch is also, like, big as fuck. It's like, he's a huge welterweight. Um, you really couldn't have picked a worse welterweight to move up a weight class against on short notice um, outside of... You know, maybe um, a Robbie Lawler or, or someone right at the very top of the division. Um, you know, Henderson's not a small lightweight, um, so who, who knows how, how bad his cut is. You know, maybe he comes out and he's just you know, an absolute monster, but Brendan Thatch really could totally muscle him around. He's a big fucking dude. Yeah, it, it's a definitely a scary proposition. The, the big thing people are raising is if uh, Benson survives the first round, he's got a shot because Brandon Thatch murders people in the first round. Pretty much everybody he's ever fought that he won, <laughs> he's murdered them in the first round. So if, uh, especially this being a five-round fight, if he can weather the storm, he's got a shot. But he's got to weather the storm. So that's the big if. Do you guys think that he will? I no. think he's got a chance, but man, short notice fighting in Colorado, which is Thatch's hometown. You know, he trains in elevation there already, and uh, I've I've heard that this guy is just a monster in the gym down there, and that his cardio has gotten way better. So I don't know, man. It's gonna be tough. It's gonna be real tough. It's it's the Hardest fight of Brandon Thatch's career, in my opinion. And I don't know if it's the hardest fight of Benson Henderson's career. So, it, uh, I, I think it'll be a huge test to see if Benson's really in a decline or not. Because I thought he beat Cerrone in his last fight and he got screwed a little bit. I don't I know about you I guys. I thought he won. I don't think Cerrone I mean, I'm not good. complaining because I bet like a thousand bucks on Cerrone. And I Holy shit, you're crazy. <laughs> Out of your fucking mind. Was it a straight and, bet? Yeah, because he was an underdog. And Oh, okay. And I so was, how much did you win? Yeah, it was like, I think it was in the 1300 range. So, so I was... I was or yeah, did you win 1300? No, yeah, it was 13 profit. Oh, Nice. Yeah, so I was pretty happy with the result, but it was uh, extremely scary because I was—I had already assumed that money was gone. I had already accepted it was gone, and then <laughs> and then it was back. <laughs> so, you know, honestly, can't be mad at that. Yeah, honestly, you know, Benson is coming off of a really good performance against a super scary dude, and. It's not like he's coming in there off of getting you know absolutely murdered or anything or or even just losing a, a decision that he got outworked. I, I really thought he probably won at least two of the rounds, if not all three, against Cerrone. So we'll see. We'll yeah, see if he comes in there with a, a similar game plan, putting a lot of pressure on him and just frust- flustering him. Now, are you going to bet on that, or are you going to bet on? Uh... On uh, well, on Benson. Well, Thatch was minus two hundred at one point, and I was like, okay, that's where, that's a little o- overboard. If if Henderson's going to be at like plus one eighty, I'll, I'll I'll bet him. But now, 
Thatch is minus 115 and Henderson's minus 105. I mean, they're almost exactly even. So either way, whoever you're betting on, you're laying juice, and I'm just I'm just going to watch this one and enjoy it and just hope that somebody steams one side so that I can get one of them at plus money. What's your pick for that uh, for that card? Who's the I, guy I need on? to watch. I need to watch more film before because we're we're recording the premium odds cast thing tomorrow. So and that's one fighter that I really need to to go out and watch more film on it. Like off the top of my head, I'm leaning maybe Benson, but by the time the show records tomorrow, I might pick uh, Thatch. I'm going with Thatch. I think yeah. he's gonna. I think he's gonna pull it off. I just I just need to watch uh, Thatch's fights again just to see how he responds to some situations because I know that Benson's going to put him in some uh, unique spots. But he is he is a scary man. I will tell you that. All right. Absolutely. All right. Anything else, guys? I'm good. All right. Well. uh... All right, so that'll do it for today's show. For me, I'd like you guys to check out. If any of you are fans of professional wrestling or anything like that, there's this thing that the WWE has called NXT. It's basically their AAA, their minor leagues, except it's way better. It's way better than Monday Night Raw or any of the pay-per-views or any of that bullshit. NXT is the shit. So if you like pro wrestling, check out NXT. There's a huge NXT special called uh, Takeover uh, this Wednesday night, and uh, you should watch it. It's amazing, and uh, there's going to be some really sick matches, and there's going to be a lot of buzz around uh, that side of the sport. So I'm going to say this: uh, Kevin Steen is is overrated. I watched. Oh come on! Overrated. Did you watch? Did you watch his debut? I did not. I watched some of his like Ring of Honor stuff, whatever he was in before, just because yeah. I heard all this like hoopla about him being signed to the WWE, and I just didn't see it. Well, he's had he's two sort matches of a so Samoa far. Joe he's, light. Yeah, he's had two matches so far with NXT. One was at the last Takeover special, and then he had one against Adrian Neville. But he's headlining against Sami Zayn on Wednesday night. And I think it's going to be insane. It's going to be really, really fucking good. So we'll see. Though he's in, he's in really good shape. So I, th- I think he's going to be a scary dude. And, hey, uh, have you watched any of the uh, New Japan stuff on Axis? Not yet. I mean, I've watched like some highlights and like just gifs of like the crazy shit that goes on, but I just, I just don't have access. I don't have uh, that channel, so otherwise I would. Yeah, they don't show a lot. It, they usually it's like they're old matches, and it's usually like uh, one match show. But it's Barnett and Mauro on the uh, on the commentary. It's oh, just that's uh, awesome. yeah. Get your thoughts on it. They seem okay. Different style. Yeah, it's definitely different. Dave Meltzer probably gives every match five stars. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm glad you guys got that joke. Okay. Well, uh, I think that'll do it for today's show. So huge thank you to Castle Williams for stopping by and, and talking about that uh, first loss and everything. And we'll be back. Now that uh, no Super Bowl, no UFC events on Sunday nights, we'll be back same time, same place next week, 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time. A uh, huge thank you to Jerry. You can follow him on Twitter at Jerry S. Bayunko. Big thanks to Richard for stopping by. You can follow him at at high underscore light. You can check me at Brian Hemminger. And then you can check out the verbal submission at verbal submit. And then uh, the verbal submission on Facebook. We're trying to get 5,000 likes. It's uh, exploding that hard. So 5,000 likes if you want to like us on Facebook. And uh, that'll do it for tonight's show. So uh, what time is it, uh, Mr. Perry? It is Kurt Angle time. It is Kurt Angle time, baby.